My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor of Grand Valley Church, and we're a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope that this message helps you to explore faith and grow in your relationship with God. Good morning. Welcome to our online service for Grand Valley Church. We were going to start a new series today, but in light of recent events, we are delaying that start. There is a bigger conversation happening in our world about the issues of racism and systemic injustice. This is not a new conversation, but these issues cannot be ignored or pushed to the side any longer, especially within the church. We are recognizing that confronting racism, injustice, and inequality are central concerns for all followers of Jesus. We can all be part of moving toward racial reconciliation and ending the systemic injustice that people of color experience on a daily basis. So today, I am introducing you to a pastor from our family of churches. Vijay Krishnan is the lead pastor of the Well Community Church in Vaughan, Ontario. And Vijay is going to share a message with us this morning. And after the message, I'm asking you to take some time to pause and reflect. I want us all to sit and wrestle with what he has to say about how all of us can be part of reconciliation. And then I want to ask you to take a time of prayer, to pray for all of us to truly see the systemic issues in our society surrounding racism and injustice, and to make a choice to be part of the solution. So now I'm going to hand our service over to Pastor Vijay. Greetings, friends followers of Jesus, brothers and sisters in the family of God around our country and in our church family. As I have been watching the news and reading, um, listening, having conversations, uh, probably as have many of you regarding the events that have taken place in the United States in recent days and around the reaction around the world and in our own country and the conversations I'm having even at my own dinner table. I am wrestling with inside of me uh, the, the spectrum of feelings that maybe you can relate to as well. On the one hand, anger, sadness, if I'm honest, despair, hopelessness, questions, sometimes even just sort of apathy and, and you know, wanting to throw up my hands and saying, I don't know who can do anything about this. How is this ever going to change? And the myriad of offshoots of issues that, that, that come up, something like this. There's also this sort of temptation of, saying, oh, you know, is this something we have to speak about or we ought to be speaking about, or is it better not to speak about it since we haven't been speaking about it? And maybe as a church community or as an individual, you're wrestling with those things. And social media sometimes is not kind to us, whatever we choose to do. But I think I have taken great comfort, if I can use that word, in the fact that I know for sure what it is that God thinks and believes and acts about this. And while there may be different people around the church world and spectrum, even the political sphere that might hold Bibles in their hand or say something about what God thinks about this, I'll be honest, I think the implicit um, or sort of um, underlying belief for many people, certainly many of my friends who either were a part of the church before or not anymore or have never been, would think, well, at the very least, God probably tacitly condones some of this stuff or thinks that it's a punishment of some kind or something like that. And yet my mind went to Isaiah 58. And actually throughout the book of Isaiah, really from the first chapter all the way to the end, if you're familiar with it at all, or if you don't, it is God calling his people to give an account for the kinds of ways that they have directly or indirectly perpetuated acts and systems of injustice. 
While we as churches or people as communities may be late to the party, late to the scene, late to speak out or do anything about this, God is not. Centuries ago, and from the beginning, God has called his people to live in such a way that reflects his heart. In Isaiah 58 in particular, and throughout the book, he says, look, your worship of me, singing, fasting, gathering, festivals, Sabbaths, don't mean anything to me unless they are a part of a heart and a life that deals with the things that are close to me with relationships, with people, with how people are treating each other and with how you are treating each other. It is a call and always has been a call to say our worship of the living God must include and at the forefront is and goes together with living a life of love, fighting for those who cannot fight for themselves, being a voice for those who cannot speak and being a part of Um, fighting against injustice. And so I know for sure that these are the things that while we may be tempted to politicize them or intellectually engage with them or distance from them because they say, well, it's not in our country or it's not the same or it's not in my world or it's not in my church or it's not in my neighborhood, God himself is continuing to invite us and always has to be a people that carry his heart like this. And even more than the book of Isaiah, I know this is true because when we see the life of Jesus, Jesus actually borrowed sections of Isaiah's um, prophecy to say, this is about me. I have come to minister and bring good news to the poor, to the oppressed, to the imprisoned, to those who are victims of injustice. One of the ways actually to see even the murder of Jesus is that he was murdered because of his Um, attack on the systems and the boundaries that created and perpetuated justice, whether because of ethnicity or gender or uh, socioeconomic status or the balances of power. That we know in God's grand plan, as he gave up his own life for us, it was to bring us back to him. But as Peter says in his sermon in Acts 2, um, about the crucifixion of Jesus says this was the work of evil people and it was an evil that said we do not like what you are doing as you are tearing down these walls that separate us you are disrupting this world and in fact this the uh, religious leaders said about the disciples in, in Acts chapter 4 these are people who are turning the world upside down And so this is our history. This is our story as people of God, as Jesus followers, to move in, to move towards, to wade into the mess, the things that are complex, that seem overwhelming and despairing, and that might even paralyze us, saying we don't even know where to start. And yet we look at the way Jesus did this. It wasn't actually through mass movements, (laughs) Uh, of leveraging mass communication vehicles or trying to address the political systems and trying to take the seat of political power or, uh, or take control of the military or whatever he was doing. It was actually through conversations and actions one at a time. That Jesus, one by one, through what he taught and the people he ate with and interacted with and loved and healed, was systematically addressing the systems of injustice and the balances of power and the socioeconomic inequalities and the divides of race and religion and gender as he began to talk 
one at a time, one person at a time, and even began to form a community that was reflective of a movement like this. It's no surprise that even within his inner circle of disciples, he chose both a zealot, someone who wanted to kill for the reasons of the political establishment, and a tax collector who was representative of all that was wrong with the current establishment. And Jesus brought them together and said, you are now brothers. And so I take that as an encouragement and an exhortation to my own heart to say, I am not going to politicize this. I am not going to distance myself from this. I am not going to allow myself to be paralyzed by this because God himself is in in the middle of this, has always been and invites us as his people to be in the middle of this. And yet he invites us to do it in a way that is inherently simple in the sense of not complex, one person, one conversation at a time with whoever is in front of us. You know, in Isaiah 58, at the end of that chapter, when God is exhorting his people to um, care about the injustices, to minister to those who are being oppressed, to not take part either tacitly or directly in oppression, but to do something to alleviate, to spend ourselves on behalf of those who are suffering. He says, you'll be given a name, an identity, if you are people who are willing to do this, of those that repair walls and restore of dwellings. And it made me think of actually the story of Nehemiah when they, as a community, were trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It says something so beautiful and profound. It says that each person began to repair the wall, the section of the wall, the city's wall, that was broken down in front of their own house. And I think if I can use that just as a simple invitation to say to us, when we are invited to repair things that are broken, to be people who are building the new city of God within the city of of humans, within human cities, building the new city of God, the city within the city, the culture within the culture, that we are invited to do that by simply engaging in building the, the repairing the walls, building the new city in front of our own house, which is to say, What is in your hands? Is it an individual? Is it a conversation? Is it the young people that sit at your dinner table every evening? Is it the ministry that you're a part of? Is it the workplace that you have, either the people you work with, the kind of work you do? Is is it the kind of studies you're choosing to do? Maybe decisions you're making about the direction of your life, career, or who you are going to be spending time with or how you are going to be spending time with those people. Begin with what is in front of your own house. Begin the way Jesus actually turned the world upside down. One conversation, one person at a time, as he began to form a new kind of community that reflected to the world his heart and began to change it like yeast, small it may seem, your acts of justice, of compassion, of mercy. It may seem like a seed that falls to the ground and dies. It may seem like a little bit of yeast that once it's absorbed in the dough, you can't even see it anymore. And yet Jesus says, this is how my kingdom works. So take heart, don't lose courage, don't give up, don't diminish or dismiss small things. Allow your heart to be broken by the things that break the heart of God. Allow yourself to be spent by thinking and praying and acting about this. And then watch and see how God begins to work and bring his shalom, his peace, his reconciliation through your life and mine. God bless as you spend yourself on this. 
Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Our Sunday services are online only, streaming at 11 a.m. on YouTube. You can find out more about our church by going to mygrandvalley.ca or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for My Grand Valley. Thanks for listening. Thank you.